Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Well, hi, we are here and we're on the road to Christmas. <laughs> we just finished Thanksgiving. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving we're, holiday. Wow. You may be listening to a, a rebroadcast, but we're recording and broadcasting today. It's Saturday. It's kind of like the aftermath, don't you think, Linda? It's oh, like yesterday. Wow. We're sitting in our house and it's just so quiet and and calm and lonely and yesterday and the day before there were 40 some odd 42 people here. Yes, and we goodness. had so much fun. It was the first snow in Salt Lake City. Actually, we're in Park City. And um it was absolutely not a drop of snow before the first people arrived Wednesday night and then by morning there was a lot of snow, blizzard, wind blowing. It was crazy, but it was over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house. And, and that's exhausting for some people more than others. You know, there's two kinds of people, Linda. There's those who are sort of energized by crowds and social interaction and so on. And then there's those who are more introverts and they're, they, they struggle through these massive gatherings and so on. And, and, you know, they love them in a certain way, but they're exhausted by them. And I, which of the two are you, do you think? Well, by the time I fed 40 two people. I was exhausted, <laughs> yeah. I have to say. You were exhausted for we, many um, reasons. We had a lot of kids and a lot. We had a teenage table, uh, a young adult table, a uh, boy table with nine crazy boys that were eating the sparkling cider and started coming out their ears. And uh, an adult table of 16. I mean, you know, there was a lot of people here, but they were all people we loved. We had neighbors. We had people who needed a place to come um, for Thanksgiving. It was really so fun. Now, our subject matter today, this is kind of an ominous sounding title, fighting or combating the culture and commercialism of the holidays. And I guess, I guess you know, um, a lot of people have mixed, it sounds terrible to say have mixed feelings about the holiday season because, of course, we're with our loved ones, we're, we're giving gifts, we're celebrating so many things and so on. But at the same time, Let's start off with our pet peeve, which is that Thanksgiving kind of gets lost. You've probably been in stores. You probably went in, in stores right after Halloween ended. It's the minute Halloween's over, down come the pumpkins and the witches and up go Santa Claus. And, uh-oh, we forgot about Thanksgiving. And that always bugs us a little. But on the broader level, we think for most parents, certainly for the parents in our family, it's kind of a constant struggle Maybe struggle's not the right word. It's a challenge. That's a more positive word. It's a challenge to try to have the culture of Jesus and of giving and of peace on earth trump, that's an interesting word to use these days, but sort of supersede the culture of commercialism and the culture of you know, we're just all celebrating the the world and shopping, and uh, we were we were in the, the we we were in the mall the other day just briefly, not to shop, but to do some other things on Black Friday and Mercy. Well, honey, speak for yourself. I was right in the middle of it at the outlets of Park City. Honestly, it was really fun. Oh, you see, well, there we go. People were going crazy and had their arms loaded with stuff. I mean, 
and they were so happy because they got such a great deal. I mean, there was it wasn't <laughs> fighting or contentious. I've never seen people <laughs> fighting over towels. No, before, but you're but. just you're illustrating my point. You know, some people like you are energized by crowds, commotion, and uh, all kinds of stuff going on, and I just like to get back and close the door and have a little peace, you know? <laughs> it really is true. Everybody attacks it differently. But, um, you know, Black Friday is crazy. I think today is the big online deal. I don't know if I get in on that very much. But, wow, you know, our minds are totally... I, I do think Thanksgiving, if we do it the right way, is really a nice uh, foundation for Christmas, because it, it we've, could just be, said, yeah. we've just said how grateful we are for well, everything. That's the interesting thing. The timing of the holidays is so fascinating. I I, I was thinking about it the other day. You, you start off this sort of late fall with this crazy holiday called Halloween, where we, we do such odd things. And and I, you know, I, it's not my favorite holiday, but but it's it got some interesting imaginative aspects to it. But anyway, you could say, well, you bring in the holidays with this ghoulish sort of dark celebration, and then the light of Thanksgiving comes, where we we focus on our gratitude, we focus on all the things around us that we have. It reminds me of that song from the musical Hamilton, "Look Around." how lucky we are to be here today and so on. And then, ideally, the gratitude is what leads us in, pulls us into the Thanksgiving, into the Christmas time. So it ought to be perfect, except that commercialism doesn't find a lot of profit in Thanksgiving, so they just jump from Halloween right into Christmas and start selling, 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 and there you go. I know. And... Um we did have, though, we had little kids here doing our traditional. We didn't have a show last week because, I think, of a football game. But we didn't have a chance to really talk about Thanksgiving. But we had a um, bunch of little kids on the floor here with a, a roll of, what's it called? Uh, cash register cash paper. Register just a tape. long roll of paper. And they started writing things they were grateful for. And it was so fun to see what they came up with. And then we had a game at, at uh, dinner that was really fun. That really set our minds on gratitude too. Oh, know? we love this game for adults. You just get, get everyone a piece of paper, or in this case, we used paper plates just because they're fun to write on. And everyone had to write down five things that they were deeply grateful for, but they had, the rules were, they had to be something that everyone at the, at the party could be grateful for. Things we should all be grateful for, but they had to try to think of unique ones because the way the game is scored is you go around and, and everyone who has one of the things you have on your list, both you and they have to cross it off. So the only ones that remain on your list, and it's fun to go around the circle, everyone reads their things, and when they come to something you have, you have to cross it off. And to see who survives, and I think the winners, there, there were two or three people out of these 40 who had three things they thought of that no one else thought of, but they were they were powerful things we should all be grateful for. So it really focused our minds uh, on gratitude, don't you think? Uh, yes, and it made you think what people were thinking, you know, of their deep gratitude for certain things. It was really fun. Yeah, it really did. So, and what? but just to further introduce the subject for today then, what we're going to be doing is essentially saying, how do we as families, how do we as parents, how do we within the walls of our own home, create a holiday culture 
particularly as we approach Christmas, which focuses on Christ and on giving, as opposed to being focused on commercialism and getting, and um, and Santa and all the other things. And, and we have to be a little careful here because kids really deserve to have the imagination and wonder of Santa and the elves and the reindeer and so on. But have you ever worried as a parent, how much did we worry with our, when our kids were small and then how much are our kids worrying now with our grandkids about the potential confusion caused by the fact that the two central characters at Christmas are Jesus and Santa. I know that's, that's and when they learn hard. that Santa is a certain fits into a certain category, how do they not <laughs> wonder about Jesus in the same way? It really is interesting because it's. A, I, I don't know that our kids ever got that confused. Santa is such a wonderful, real, imaginary character in all of our lives because he brings gifts and spreads joy and does all those things that are great. But sometimes we kind of get mixed up in the mire of uh, what that actually represents. Well, I guess I can say it in a more oblique way and, and say that we should make whatever efforts we can to help kids who are becoming a little older understand that there are two kinds of real, and they're both real, they're both important. One is real imaginary, and one is real, real. And maybe you can figure out what I'm saying and kind of progress from there. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the topic, which is to keep all this commercialism out of Christmas. And you can't keep it out. There's no way you can keep it out, and you kind of have to embrace it at some point and say, you know, this is great. It's a season of giving. We're always thinking about what what would people like? What, how can we please them? And that part of it is really great. But, wow, you know, sometimes we had kids that were making huge long lists of things that they wanted for Christmas, which was so sad because we couldn't supply all that. And we kept cutting down and cutting down, and you can only ask for so many things because there's so many children in the world. You cannot ask for uh, everything that you want. So maybe choose one thing. Well, and we, we find, I think the biggest breakthrough we've seen in a lot of families in trying to pursue this goal of separating the two cultures and probably the simplest idea that we've run across and that a lot of families do, and maybe you're one of them, and that is to have Christmas Eve be totally about Jesus, totally about worship, totally about giving. And in a lot of families we've observed, and this is what we used to do, um, that's the time when kids give gifts to each other and where all the focus is on the giver. It's not on the getting. It's like Josh is going to now give his gifts and we're all focused on Josh and everyone is like, Josh, wow, thank you so much. That is so thoughtful. You are such a good giver. And little 10-year-old Josh or whatever is the total center of attention because he's giving. And then, of course, the manger scene and the reenactment or the reading of the scriptures if you if you just make Christmas Eve all about that, no reference to the commercial aspects or to Santa, then you sort of feel as a parent that you go to bed and that's finally, and we have our Jerusalem supper where Linda prepares things that were only served at the time of Jesus and everyone goes into character and, 
and there's a Mary and a Joseph and there's a Elizabeth and the other Bible characters are there and they all role play. And then when that's all done and it's a beautiful spirit, hopefully, then you go to bed and then when you wake up, Santa's come and it's back to the old other culture and it's okay. You know, we could only do that though because we never lived really near family. When our children were little and they were, our kids were growing up. So we had total control of what we could do on yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's true. For those of you who've had tradition for, you know, a hundred years that you go to the grandparents' house on Christmas Eve and you have a big Christmas dinner and all that, then you just have to figure out how to work that around so that um, maybe you do that on Christmas Eve afternoon or, you know, just figure out a time when you can really focus with your children on giving. And we did have our children earn their money to buy gifts for their siblings. One year we requested that they just make things. And honestly, they made oh. the most amazing things for their siblings. But I've still got on my desk that little block of two by four that just says, I love my dad. And it's painted. Yes. <laughs> It's was the great. strangest thing ever, but I totally love it. Well, what they made out of cardboard was incredible. I mean, cars and things for, for their little siblings. So, so much time and love put into them. So, I mean, you have to figure out your own schedule. And everybody can't do a Jerusalem supper, although a lot of people do now, which is really fun. So, But you have to figure out what works for your family. So let's spend the rest of the show, Linda, just talking on the best ideas we have come across regarding um, how to create this family culture that really focuses a little more on giving and a little more on Jesus. So we'll take a brief break and when we come back, we'll, we'll shower a bunch of ideas on you. Ayers on the Road Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We're talking about how to really celebrate Christmas as it was meant to be celebrated. And that is with love and with a sense of our the Savior. And even if you don't, if you aren't a Christian, it is so important to really think about giving and loving and so on. But for a minute now, we're going to really concentrate on those who are Christians, because that for us, that is what Christmas is all about. So, and a lot of these are well-known ideas. We just want to kind of review them for you, but there's nothing like an Advent calendar, especially when the things that you focus on each day really drive the thoughts back to Christ and back to giving and back to family and the warm feelings that should be in the home on the holidays. And if you want a new twist on that today, the LDS Church, as many of you listeners know, is doing a wonderful campaign called Light the World. And all you've got to do is go on your computer to Light the World LDS. Just Google it and it'll bring up several things. It'll bring up Elder Bednar, one of our great leaders who talks about how we can focus on a different thing each day of December. And then it'll bring up these wonderful videos. It starts off with kind of a, a beginning video that is just beautiful, showing how our actions can mirror the actions of Christ during this season. And then there's a little video for every single day of the month. And, and there are things like Jesus, 
served others, we can serve others. Jesus prayed to his Father, we can pray to our Father. And and every day is it one simple idea that you can focus on for that well, day. Well, there are actually three little ideas at the end, right? Well, three, give you three, three yeah. ways you can really implement that in yeah. your life today. Yeah, so it's, it's a great uh, thing, but... Lots of people have Advent calendars. I think they tend to pull the focus back where you want it in your family each day. Yeah, well, it depends on the Advent calendar. But it really is true that it it does give you just, a, it pulls you back exactly right to thinking about what's really important about the Christmas season. It really is a wonderful idea, and we suggest that you go to that it's again just, just just Google light the world LDS or probably just light the world would get you to it. It'll bring you to all those those websites on LDS.org and so on. Now I want to say a, a simple one that um, that sort of it, it strikes right at the heart of this idea of really getting the focus on not only the thinking about Christ but doing what he would do. And that's the little manger thing where you put straw in the manger according to good deeds. And it's so simple, and I hate to spend a lot of time on it because so many of you already do this, but get a little manger, or if you have a, a, a crash, if you have a, a manger scene, uh, just put everything up except nothing in the manger. And then have some straw, some little pieces of straw or grass or whatever you can find. And every time someone does service for someone else or gives someone else a compliment or or behaves in a way that makes another person happy you put a straw in the manger all during december with the idea that by christmas eve there's a nice soft bed made up of service made up of kindness made up of love onto which you lie the baby jesus on christmas eve well you don't know this because you don't shop as much as i mean you know, shop as much They're as I do, right? but they have them everywhere now. Yeah. Um, it, I, at least in Desert Book in the Inner Mountain West and Arizona and so on, they have little kits that you can just buy and have it ready. We um, have made ours, but there's a, they're everywhere now, and it is a really good idea. So there's one, and then I always love bringing the scriptures more and more into Christmas, and it's so interesting how many families um, read the scriptures one time, and I'm not being critical, but one time, you know, they'll read from Luke or they'll read the Christmas story on Christmas Eve. But why not expand that a little and have a little bit of a scripture reading every day where um, as the day begins, you open the New Testament or you open the Book of Mormon, the third Nephi, and you read a little thing about Christ that you're going to keep with you that day. And, you know, sometimes children respond to the simplest concepts best. And one thing we can always do is just a reminder every day we're approaching Jesus's birthday. That's what Christmas is. It's the celebration of the most wondrous birth that has ever, ever happened. You know, there's, um, <clears throat> I guess it's a Negro spiritual um, that is so beautiful. I, it's one of my favorite songs, not just for Christmas, but all year. And uh, it, it just goes, when I wake up in the morn, when I wake up in the morn, when I wake up in the morn, give me Jesus. And I, boy, if I can get that going through my mind in the morning, I start thinking, who needs my help? Who can I just write a little email to that um, would be meaningful? Who is having a hard time? What can I do? And uh, 
I find now that I do that too much with my own family because we have so many family members. But even just going online yesterday, I thought, you know, we need to reach outside our, our own circle more. I mean, we did have some neighbors who needed some friends yesterday, but boy, that's just a little drop in the bucket. There are so many people who are doing so much. We have um, some dear friends of our daughter who just gathered up her kids last summer and went to a refugee camp in Syria. I mean, if you can imagine that. Now, that's the other extreme. Well, they weren't in Syria, but they were in a re refugee camp where Syrians were flooding in. And boy, that was quite an eye-opener. Well, with three daughters, it'll never be the same. Three red-headed daughters. And uh, they just had the most amazing eye-opening experience of seeing people in squalor. And people who were like us, I mean, they, we just saw them last Sunday, and they said that they uh, were in the camp, and people would show them pictures on their phones of what they left. And they were their house, their car. homes, and beautiful cars, and things that they um, really loved and so on. But they, for the sake of the lives of their families, they were in this squalor and a refugee in, camp. In a, in tents and trying to escape political oppression. Now, of course, we would like all of the things we do in December as parents to focus more on serving. And there are a lot of opportunities around at Christmas to go and work in a soup kitchen or to find a person who's in need to go to a homeless shelter. Uh, we, we love to take children to a place where they can actually get involved in hands-on serving a meal or helping someone in some way. And you can, you can also do it online. I think it's a great time in December to start with one of the programs where you sponsor a child for $30 a month or something, and you start turning your children's focus away from what they're hoping to get and what their list is and so on to the fact that there are so many children in the world who have literally nothing and who would be so grateful to have even one toy or even one thing that would give them some sort of pleasure. You know, I'm thinking back at one Christmas when I was the president of the young women's organization in our church, in our ward, in our area. And uh, we actually had so much fun because we it was a year when lots of Muslims were coming into the Salt Lake community. And um, we decided to have a Christmas party for the Muslims, which was so fun because they had never experienced Christmas. They had no idea what it was about. And uh, the Salvation Army came in and brought gifts and so on. I think by the time they left, they felt our love and they felt a little bit about, you know, these Christians are pretty amazing. And I think there's things that we can do that are just absolutely incredible little things and big things that can show people our devotion to the Savior. Well, speaking of big things, let, let us make a little sort of confession, and this will show you the depth and the length to which we've tried to think about this idea of changing the culture, the family culture of Christmas. There came a year, and I'm pretty sure, Linda, that it was when all nine of our kids were still living at home, and we were just so fed up with with another, the prospect of another Christmas with everyone giving us their list and everyone wanting certain things and trying to meet all those demands and get to everyone we could. And it was at a time when we were really into some humanitarian efforts that were going on in various parts of the world. So we did something pretty dramatic. We gathered the kids together, I think it was in November, and we said, hey, 
you got a choice. We could have another one of the Christmases like we always do, which are great and which you all love, or we can skip Christmas for ourselves and we'll all go to Bolivia and we'll spend two weeks living in a little village that has no electricity, that has no television, that has no Wi-Fi, that has no connectivity, and we will build a water system so that people can have water in their village and not have to carry it in from the river that's down in another part of their territory. And the adventure just so overwhelmed the kids that they all voted for it. And the only semblance of Christmas was that we hired a limo to pick us up and bring us to the airport a few days before Christmas. And the, and the limo was driven by Santa. <laughs> <laughs> but we got on a plane and we went down there and had a truly remarkable experience of giving and serving on Christmas. And long story short, the kids wanted to do it every year. They didn't. Well, but we didn't. But, but, you know, in some ways it was not more expensive than taking them all to Disneyland for a week. Actually, it was just a week. Or buying them all the, village, the, all the traditional Christmas gifts and right. so on that, that we usually do. Now, I, I will just mention, for those of you that are looking for that kind of a big deal change in your culture, we have two or three favorite organizations. One is called Rising Star Outreach. Where you go to India and actually... Uh, go to the leprosy colonies and help children. It's so amazing. One is called choicehumanitarian.org. But there are many. You can go and do houses for uh, Habitat, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, there's can, so many great you things. Can you can go and do. do a little service. So our challenge to you today is think hard, because it's going to be a little different for every family. But we'll make you a promise that if you have a goal as parents, of saying, what can we do to put more focus on giving, on serving, and on Christ? You'll come up with great ideas, and it will make Christmas far better for you than if you just cave in to the commercialism. And we wish you the very best. It's not easy. We know you're great parents. Thanks for being wonderful at this Christmas time. We'll talk again next week on Ayers on the Road. We love having you. Have a great week. 